You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him, and he with me. Revelation 3.20. I don't really remember not being a Christian. I was born while my dad was working on his seminary degree, not across the street, though we did have friends there. This fact makes me the holiest of my parents' three children. When I was six, I accepted Jesus into my heart. My mom says that I went up to the altar multiple times, and she thinks that it was because I wanted to encourage my children's pastor dad. I only remember one time, though, and it's fairly distinct. Ever since then, God has been proving to me that He is faithful, even when I don't think that He will be or can be. The only thing is that with learning to trust Him, I have to render my control of things to Him. That has never been easy for me. But He has always been so patient. He just keeps knocking until I open the door and let him in. Today, I'd like to share a few of the times that God has taught me to trust him in the hopes that you will be encouraged to give up your control, open your door, and let him in. This first example might seem a little silly, but to young Tolly, it was very important, and it was a huge building block in my faith. I started ballet when I was six, and by the time I was about 10, I was beyond ready to dance on point. The only problem was that my instructors didn't think I was strong enough yet. So I prayed faithfully for years that God would give me point shoes. Then we moved, and I started to have more important things to worry about and to pray about. But God didn't forget. A few months after starting at a new ballet studio, and more than three years after my original diligent prayers for point shoes, my instructor said that I was ready. It really stuck out to me that even in my busyness and all the changes of moving and forgetting to pray about point shoes, God still remembered my prayers, and He still answered them. I think that's the first time that I really, truly for myself understood His faithfulness. That was the first real test of my faith, and it laid the foundation for where I am today. God is faithful. A lot of you have heard me talk about my little sister, but in case you haven't, I have a little sister. Basically for her, um, or for my sister, her name is Sophie and she has special needs. Um, I love her so much. I'm so proud of her. For her, the special needs mean that even though she's about 20 years old, her brain functions more like that of a toddler. Now, I want to clarify, I'm skipping over a lot of trials and tests of faith. There aren't like three times that God has tested me. All of them, I think, have led to this one specific moment. Five years ago, during my senior year of high school, Sophie stayed awake for 72 hours on a trip to the beach. She started having hallucinations, talking to people who weren't there, and we started getting really concerned. All this was very out of the ordinary. A couple of hospital stays later, and diagnoses like schizophrenia started getting thrown around. I'm pleased to say that that is not Sophie's diagnosis. I'm not pleased to say that for the last two years, her doctors have come to realize that her diagnosis is dementia. This means that her brain is slowly dying, and she is losing and will continue to lose her memory and ability to function as time goes on. Asbury is exactly nine hours and 40 minutes from my home in Northwest Arkansas. So coming here was and still is incredibly difficult, but God is faithful. Sometimes 
sometimes in very literal ways. I visited Asbury on a spur-of-the-moment decision, and as soon as my dad and I walked into Hughes standing in the senior section, I knew that Asbury was where I was supposed to be. I applied, got accepted, panicked about paying for it, God took care of it, and one day I got an email with my class name. I remember running upstairs to my mom and saying, you'll never guess my class name. Faithful. I know we both teared up. Knowing that God would be faithful did not stop my fear, however. My freshman year, I'm pretty sure I cried every single day because I was so worried about Sophie and so afraid that she would forget me. I still am terrified that my Sophie will forget me, but God has helped me come to a place of not only accepting that this may become a reality, but also trusting that he is good no matter what. God is faithful. My last example is the time that God absolutely brought me to my knees and left me with nothing but him. To fulfill my CCE credit and to finish most of my Spanish major, I decided to study abroad with semester in Spain. It was so fun. It was great. I learned so much. It was also completely not fun and very not great, and a lot of me hated every single minute of it. The good news is I refuse to regret it. And here's why. Because God stripped me of absolutely everything, even down to my own language. I was somewhere around 17 hours from home, and I knew that if something happened to my Sophie, I would not make it home in time to say goodbye. That thought terrified me more than anything. And while I was in Spain, in my senora's little guest bedroom, I surrendered that fear completely to the Lord for the first time. I realized I could no longer live in the fear and the dread that I felt every day walking to class, sightseeing, getting dinner out with friends. There was a shadow over my every move the first three or four weeks that I was in Spain before I was willing to surrender and let God take control. But once I did, I began to enjoy so much more of my time in Spain. Now I want to clarify that God did not take away my fear. I was still afraid. I still cried almost every day, but I decided to trust him. I could look back on all of the times that he had been faithful, giving me point shoes when I least expected them, keeping Sophie's memory intact to remember me every single time I called home, and letting me see the joy on her face when she saw her sissy try to speak Spanish. Then God surprised me once again with his faithfulness. He used a global pandemic to send me home two months early and two weeks after I hit fluency. So now, when my top two grad schools have closed their programs for the foreseeable future, and I really don't know what I'm doing after I graduate in May, I trust God completely and have no fears whatsoever. I'm kidding, that's a joke, please laugh. <laughs> thank you, thank you, okay. <laughs> after hearing all that God's done, you would probably think that's what I would say, but no, no. I am so afraid of what's next because right now, I really truly do not know. But here's what I do know. God has proven to me time and again that he is always faithful and that I can trust him. So I'm working on putting my faith over my fear, and I cannot wait to see how he surprises me this time. Now you may be wondering why I picked a verse from the book of Revelation to share at the beginning. When I was thinking about my testimony, it just kept repeating itself in my head over and over again. God stands at our door, and he knocks. He comes to us, but then he waits for us to open the door to him. He faithfully stands at the door, knocking away, giving us the opportunity to put our faith in him, our trust in him. But he lets us make that choice. 
He is faithful, and he will keep knocking regardless of whether or not we open that door. His faithfulness is not dependent on us. He is faithful. But when we do open that door, when we do surrender our control to him, then he says that he will come in. Maybe you've experienced fear or are experiencing fear now. Fear of a situation, fear of test results, fear of what the future holds. No matter what you fear, he's knocking. Won't you open the door and let him in? He is trustworthy and he is faithful. When we open our door and surrender our home, our friends, our families, our futures, our fears, and most importantly, our lives to him, then he joins us. He eats with us. And he is so faithful. He is good. God doesn't just come in and give us all the answers and everything we want. No, he comes and he knocks. When we open up the door for him, he comes in. His way may be surprising to us, but I have found that it is always, always better. Do you hear him knocking? Do you see his faithfulness? Will you open your door and let him in today? Just saying one yes to Jesus can change the trajectory and outcome for our entire lives. Many of you may have heard something along these lines, like the phrase saying yes to Jesus or yes and, if you have attended WGM Global Cafe services on Sunday nights. And we have our family um, spread out around this room that helps serve and attend those services. And that is kind of a theme that happens there quite a bit because we are hearing from different missionaries and people that serve in ministry. But that phrase, saying yes to Jesus, I heard it my freshman year when I first came to Asbury the first week of class and I attended a global cafe service and never stopped attending since because of God's work around the world and God's work in the ministry in the United States and hearing about saying yes to Jesus can change your life and it can change the outcome and the trajectory. And so in Romans 12 that I just read at the end, it talks about knowing the perfect will of God, or knowing what God's plan is, or what his will is for our lives. But sometimes there has to be some change in things that comes before that. We don't just become a Christian and all of a sudden everything falls into place and everything's great in our lives, everything's positive and happy, but we become saved and then we have to step into this path of relationship and holiness with the Lord. And so to give a little background on my story and how this whole theme of saying yes to Jesus and and kind of changing the path of my life to understand his call and his will, it kind of goes back all the way into uh, when I was growing up. And so I grew up in a pastor's family uh, in United Methodist out here, UMC. Okay, we got a few. and also with you. Um, So I grew up as a UMC kid. My dad uh, went to Asbury Seminary and he became a UMC pastor and he was in the Wesleyan Church as well. And my mom is a Christian social worker, counselor. Um, She's worked in a couple different places and currently works in a crisis pregnancy center and helping give aid to women and families in need. And so I've kind of been raised in this home of 
Christianity foundations, um, really, really strong individuals throughout my extended family that have served on the mission field and served in other forms. And so it was pretty intimidating growing up being surrounded by all these big names or, uh, you know, to me as a kid, like these big role models in my life. And so... Uh, we moved around a lot. I've lived in, I think, five different uh, towns across a few different states, and um, it's been great to have those experiences, but there's also a lot of difficulty with moving. And kind of the, the area that I spent the most time in for 10 years was in Steubenville, Ohio. And I think the only other person besides my sister here that knows what Steubenville, Ohio is, is Arthur G. Where are you, Arthur? I think he's in here somewhere. He's raising his hand. There he is. So Arthur and I grew up in the same youth group, and uh, we were we went to church together in Steubenville. Um, went, did all the youth stuff, and that's kind of that's where my life uh, really flourished. I was there from uh, let's see, third grade through twelfth grade before I came here, and so that's where a lot of my story takes place before I came to Asbury. And so fast forward to high school. Um, Still kind of discerning in middle school and high school what my calling was and what God was asking me to step into with my life and, um, you know, trying to get some different experiences in ministry because I knew that was the direction, at least in, in general speaking. And um, as I get into high school, I, I got into a relationship and uh, it was really like the first relationship that I was very, very serious about. Um, and I spent about two and a half years in that relationship and it was great. It taught me a lot of different things, but into that uh, two and a half years, there were some different things that I was engaging in um, that I should not have been doing in a, in a dating relationship. There were uh, toxic and unhealthy traits between the two of us. Uh, it wasn't just one of us. I think sometimes we forget to acknowledge that it can be us as well. It's, it can be both. And so there was some of that going on. And it really, ultimately, I think the big thing was that it was pulling me away from Christ and distracting me from what God was calling me to. And he was... It really, the relationship in and of itself was distorting my view of the Lord and taking me away from the direction that he had on my life. But I didn't realize that in the midst of it, and people were trying to help coach me through that and help me. Um, but really, I didn't re realize that until I came to Asbury. And so... I come to Asbury freshman year of 2018 in August, and I attend Global Cafe Services and the president of WGM was speaking and he was talking about saying yes to Jesus and stepping into the call that God has. And sometimes whenever we say yes to Jesus and we, and we, and we have this desire to know God's call and to know his will for our life, it requires giving up something that can possibly get in the way or take our eyes off of Jesus or even distort and kind of warp the calling that he has. And many of you have maybe even experienced that in different forms or had different um, life experiences that you can relate to with this. But with me, it was realizing I need to work on my relationship with Christ before I can work on a relationship with a person. And so at this point in the service that uh, the president was speaking, I'm sitting there on the couch and I'm really nervous because I knew exactly what he was going to ask before he even asked it. And, I, and God had been working on this for many months and I knew that this is what I needed to do. I needed to give this up. And he asked us to stand up at the end of the service as a, an example of giving up something or desiring to step closer in our faith. 
And so that's what I did. And long story short, um, you know, that relationship ended and I kind of stepped into this position of open arms and open heart here at Asbury. And since that point, God has really worked on me and he has really strengthened me in my relationship with him. And it's not to say that I don't have my own struggles and my own temptations daily because I do, but since that point of saying yes and stepping into the will and the call of God, he is able to show us his vision for our lives and the direction that he wants us to step into. And in Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 14, Paul writes, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And so this scripture passage really sums up my life in these last four years of waking up to Christ and stepping into his path and his direction for my life and, and also trying to pour into the lives of my friends and others around me and then pouring into my life and finding mentors and stepping into ministry roles on and off campus and trying to gain experience and also going into different situations and experiences with an open heart because I know that God has a plan, he has a call for each one of us, and he is asking us to just listen to him and to step in to his perfect and peaceful will. So if you're fooling around with God, it's time to get serious and say yes to him in the calling that each one of us has, because he does have a unique plan for you. If you're a little bit confused about your major or what area of your life you should step into after graduation, or maybe it is with somebody that you're dating or thinking about dating, or maybe it's a situation at home that you haven't really brought to the altar and you're, and you're saying, I'm not sure what to do about this, or I feel like this is getting in the way of my relationship with Christ. Maybe we just need to stop and listen to the call from God on our lives. Sometimes we can get extremely distracted <clears throat> by our own selves, that we are missing God's call and conviction. Sometimes God does not need to get louder, but we need to become quieter and start listening to his voice that is knocking, like Tolly said, that is that gentle whisper and that gentle nudge on our hearts. Sometimes we need to stop complaining, Asbury, and start thanking God. And maybe that gets us into the right mentality and the right part of our relationship with him. Sometimes we need to stop faking our lives and acting like we're a great Christian and a perfect person and actually start living out our faith and stepping into small groups or going to church or taking Sabbath or becoming thankful every day because that can refocus our eyes on Jesus and his call. Sometimes it's just a simple act of getting off of social media or just cutting out one piece of our life that we don't really need to be doing as much every day because it regains our focus. But ultimately, it is becoming quiet and listening to the still small voice of the Holy Spirit that is saying, come to me and I will give you rest. And sometimes God's voice calls us and says that you are redeemed 
from Isaiah 43. His voice calls and says that you are good from Genesis 1. His voice calls and says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made from Psalm 139. His voice calls and says, go and sin no more from John 8. His voice calls and says, you are made in my image, not the world's, Genesis 1 and Romans 1. His voice says, go and make disciples of all nations, Matthew 28 and Mark 16. He calls you and says, I am coming soon from Revelation. Just like my story when God turned my life around in different instances over my life and growing up in a great family that was there to help me, he pointed my life in a totally new direction. And now I'm stepping into full-time missions after Asbury. But if I wasn't listening to his voice four years ago, I have no idea where I would have been today. Probably not speaking up here. And so... His faithfulness is proved over generations, so why can he not prove his faithfulness to you? All we have to do is listen and step into his call. So my final question is, who or what is at the center of your life? Is it Jesus, or is it something else, or someone else? It can't be Jesus plus. It can just be Jesus, because he is all that we ever need. Are you saying yes to him every day? Are you pouring into your relationship with him?